Hey, I'm Father Dave Dwyer from Busted Halo. And if you've never heard the Busted Halo radio show on Sirius XM Satellite Radio Channel 129, you really should take a listen. For subscription information, go to SiriusXM.com. But in the meantime, here's something we talked about on a recent show. So you covered the mass. So I covered the mass. And, and if you remember last night when I was saying, oh, I'm, I'm excited because I'm going to be... Uh, preaching and it's the road to Emmaus story and it's it's one of those that's a huge challenge for a preacher because it's daily mass right so it's a short mass therefore oh. ideally a short homily but it is one of the most rich gospel readings it i mean is. you could do a sermon series for seven weeks of the easter season so how'd you do time wise here's how i chose to deal with that okay didn't preach on it at all really <laughs> Well, okay. I mean, I guess that works. Keep I mean, the time low. It's, it would be unfair to say I didn't preach on it at all. Mm-hmm. I grazed it, but largely I focused on the first reading. Okay. Which, it's weird because it's like, in a way, mm-hmm. all year long, I look forward to this. Right. Okay. It's so Catholic. It's so cool. i got to preach on it. Yeah. And I'm like, meh. But thankfully you have your own <laughs> radio show. Oh, I see what you're saying. So you could talk about it now. Would you like to do that? I would love to. Wow. We don't usually, we could do it. We could do a breakdown. Yes, let's do it. I love this reading as well, so I'm excited to talk about it. All right, it's a long reading, but the, the what makes it great is not just, oh, this little scene here, you know, obviously the big punchline is they recognize him in the breaking of the bread. Mm-hmm. That That's key for us as Catholics. But, I mean, there's so much all throughout it. So I think, yeah, I would like to. Would you, would you like to kind of go piece by piece? Sure, why through not? the road to me. There's a lot so, to unpack. So this is from Luke chapter 24, and uh, we're, we're kind of doing this. It's almost like this is similar to when we will occasionally do Hamilton, yes. meaning it's like when I have to reproduce a homily that we didn't capture on the recorder. But in this case, I have to reproduce a homily that I decided not to preach. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because, this might be harder because <laughs> as you'll see, it'll be really long. But at least you don't have to rhyme in okay. this one. Okay, Thank, thanks be to God. Thanks yeah. be to God. So, I mean, I don't know. Let's just dive into Luke chapter 24. And uh, there's so much along the way that we can kind of maybe pause and do footnotes along the way. Absolutely. How do you feel about this? That sounds great. Now, if Brett were here, mm-hmm. I don't know. What would he do? Um, he'd laugh in between. He'd be making a lot of jokes about this gospel. Jokes. He'd be making jokes now. He'd be like, so- why didn't they recognize him? What's wrong with them? <laughs> I was just going to ask you to fulfill the Brett role, but already you've jumped into it. There you go. It's no problem. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this is Luke chapter 24, verses 13 to 35. That very day, the first day of the week. Okay, so first day of the week. This means this is when it all just happened. This is right after the resurrection. Okay, so this wouldn't have been Sunday. This would have been like the day after the resurrection? Yeah, yeah. No, it's, uh, no, this is the day. This is Sunday. this is the same day. Okay. This is Sunday. So okay. this is the day of the resurrection. So that very day, and that's that's what he means by I that see. very day. Because um, what's right before us, it, what is right before this is telling us what's going on. So right before this, it was the story of Peter and John running to the tomb. Okay. And bending down and seeing the, the burial cloths. So that happened gotcha. the morning of the, of the re- resurrection is when that happened. Oh, look, empty tomb. Right. So again, Luke says that very day, the first day of the week, two of Jesus' disciples were going to a village seven miles from Jerusalem called Emmaus. Uh, it says that two of the disciples, it only later on names one of them. Uh, what scripture scholars have um, posited is because of a lot of factors, not the least of which being the patriarchal nature of the time and of scripture writers, is that when you say two disciples are walking together and they name one of them that's obviously a man's name, it was likely a married couple. They they chose not to name oh, the woman. Oh, okay. Yeah, so likely a married couple. 
Oh, wow. That's so, so interesting. Yeah, you like that? Yeah. I never <laughs> even thought of This is like, this is so fascinating to me. <laughs> I learn something new every day with you, Father Dave. Well, I hope. No, because I just always pictured it was two guys in my head. And it's possible. Obviously, we don't really know. Mm-hmm. And uh, Cleopas, the one that they name, is never named at any other times in the gospel. So he's okay. not like one of the 12. He's not like one of the other ones that we hear about. Right. So anyway, two of the disciples were going to, uh, to a village seven miles from Jerusalem called Emmaus. This is the only time we hear about Emmaus in all of the gospel. So it, it has, this is you know what it becomes known for. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were conversing all about the things that had occurred. So first of all, if you, if you begin even just with the real physical symbolic nature, this is the day of the resurrection and Jerusalem, particularly for Luke. Now this is Luke's gospel. Mm-hmm. So the way he structures everything, everything is about Jerusalem. He's got nine chapters of Jesus on a journey towards Jerusalem. So it's mm. it's symbolic, not just because that's the place where it happened to occur that he was uh, that he was executed, but Jerusalem is the religious center. It is where at the time there was the temple. It was the center of Judaism. Mm. So going towards Jerusalem is kind of like towards the religious center, or even towards the heavenly kingdom in a sense, the, okay. the heaven on earth, if you will. Mm. So for all of Luke's gospel and for the Acts of the Apostles, because the Acts of the Apostles um, begins with kind of a concentric circles, it talks about in Acts 1, 8, I think it is, it talks about taking the message to Jerusalem through all of Judea and to the ends of the earth. Mm-hmm. So Jerusalem is the center point of everything. Right. And what's happening in this story? They're walking away from Jerusalem. So these are two of his disciples who are on the very first day of Christianity going the wrong way. They're leaving. They're going the wrong direction. Yeah. And how many times in our lives do we walk in the wrong direction? Do we walk essentially away from Jesus? Mm -hmm. So that's at the very beginning, this is a story about all of us. Right. So they're walking uh, seven miles and they're conversing about all the things that had occurred. And it happened that while they were conversing and debating, Jesus himself drew near and walked with them. But their eyes were prevented from recognizing him. Now, in almost all, this is what I preached on yesterday, if you remember, in almost all of these resurrection appearances that happen throughout the different gospels, mm-hmm. at first, people who have been around him for years don't recognize him for one reason or another. Right. In this, this is the only case where it, sa- it makes it almost intentional. Mm-hmm. It doesn't say Jesus cast a spell on them. It says their eyes were prevented. It's passive voice, so we don't know what exactly that means does that mean they were prevented because they had there was a lot of dust in their eyes i mean (laughs) it it could be that but as in many of these cases they don't initially recognize that it is jesus Mm -hmm. so in in yesterday's story if you if you remember what the difference was between not recognizing and recognizing in the story of mary magdalene do you remember what made the difference when she suddenly recognized him Um, when he said who are you no when he said her name Oh, yeah. So he says Mary, and then it's that moment that she recognizes. Right. So in this story, it's very different. It's at the very end of the story. Obviously, spoiler alert, we've probably heard this story before. (laughs) It's when they finally get to the house, and he does exactly, and Luke describes it exactly the way we celebrate the Mass, where he takes the bread, Mm -hmm. says the blessing, breaks the bread, and then shares it with them, and it's in that moment that they recognize him. So for now, they don't recognize him. Mm -hmm. But uh, what Pope Francis has since the very beginning of his pontificate used this story to talk about is this very first part. We haven't even gotten even to the good stuff yet. We've got two believers Mm -hmm. that are going kind of in the wrong direction, sort of choosing a path that is away from Jesus, if you will. And what does Jesus do? Does he cross his arms and and drum his fingers on the desk and wait for them to turn around and come back? No. No, He saddles up alongside them and walks with them. So if you think about it, 
walks in the wrong direction. So even Jesus yeah. is, and this is Pope Francis's big term, he is accompanying them on the way. Mm-hmm. So he walks with them, no ma- even though knowing that they're going in the wrong direction. Again, a story about all of us, that right. God is, even when we turn away from him and turn our backs on him, God is walking alongside us. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, and as we'll see in the next few verses, Jesus says, hey, what's going on? And they describe all these things, and as usual, they get it wrong. Right. And she's like, mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. And he lets them, just like being a good friend or being a good parent or being a, just a good active listener, you let the person tell the story, even if you know after the first sentence, they're totally going the wrong way. <laughs> but he, he listens to them. So this is what it says in, here in Luke chapter 24. Jesus asked them, what are, you, what are you discussing as you walked along? They stopped, which is interesting. So they stopped their little journey. Mm-hmm. They stopped looking downcast. One of them, Cleopas, said to him in reply, and again, this somewhat reinforces what we said before, of the two people, the one that would be bold enough to speak to a stranger would likely be the man and not the woman. So if this is a married couple. So one of them, Cleopas, said to him in reply, are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not (laughs) know of the things? So they don't even not just not recognize him. Right. They also, you know, Jerusalem, a small enough city that they would know other people. They don't even recognize him as somebody. So they think he's a visitor, an outsider. Mm -hmm. Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem that does not know of the things that have taken place there in these days? Jesus replied, huh. What sort of thing? I, mean, what, <laughs> I love what? it. Yeah, he's just like again, like he does with us. Yeah, he's patient with us. Mm-hmm. He indulges when we're going completely in the wrong direction with right. something. Jesus, why don't you give me a Mercedes? For okay. <laughs> oh, really? What model would you like? You know? Yeah. He kind of indulges us a little bit. It's interesting because it just shows that he wants to hear our per. Um just the way that we perceive things and he wants to hear uh, how we're feeling and he definitely recognizes that they're sad and there's something going on in their own hearts and so instead of offering information he just right. wants to hear it from them well again it's similar to a question we had recently when when people ask about you know prayer why, why do we have to pray if god knows what we want right and I, I believe one of the answers i was talking about is you know if you're a parent and your kid you know won the winning goal in the soccer game and the other parent texted you before they got home wouldn't you still let them tell you the story when they come running through the door you know waving guess what guess what mom you're gonna say what happened today honey you're not gonna say well sue texted me i know you won the winning goal don't get your britches all you know you know know." no not at all it's a great analogy because because of the relationship and it's Mm -hmm. not the facts and it's not well how is this going to change my mind or my opinion or how is this going to change what we have for dinner it's about the the telling of the story so therefore when the parent is god that's what we call prayer. So, mm-hmm. I mean, they're having an experience of prayer, and Jesus is accompanying them, even as they're giving them all the wrong the wrong take, right. the wrong angle on it. So he's like, hmm, what sort of things? And they say to him, the things that happened to Jesus the Nazarene, who was a prophet mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, how our chief priests and rulers handed him over to a sentence of death and crucified him. But we were hoping, here's where, here's where they definitely you know, mm-hmm. get it wrong. We were hoping he would be the one to redeem Israel. Can't you just see Jesus like gritting his teeth going, uh, I am, dummies. <laughs> I am the one. Oh, I do not get this. But then it takes me back to that question. It's like, okay, why weren't they able to recognize yeah. him? Did yeah. Jesus actually prevent them? Yeah. Or was it because of their own, I don't know, maybe hardening of hearts or their own mm-hmm. sorrow that they couldn't recognize him? Well, certainly as we see how this whole story unfolds, it's so important. All of the elements of this story, like we've even just grazed the beginning of it, mm-hmm. all these elements are so instructive of our relationship with Christ that you know, knowing that this would be God's word and passed down for generations, he's using this as an example. Yeah. So he was, you know, 
if you will, toying with them mm-hmm. for the benefit of us. Yes. Right? I like that. <laughs> so um, so we were hoping, but we were hoping, this is what the two disciples on the road to Emmaus say, that's what we're looking at, it was today's gospel reading. We were hoping that he would be the one to redeem Israel and and implying in there that, uh, well, bummer, you know, he wasn't. Yeah, he, he died wasn't on, the one. Died on the cross, so we're going back to Emmaus. We're right. at, We're out of here. We give up. We were hoping he'd be the one to redeem Israel. And besides all this, it is now the third day since this took place. Some women from our group, however, have astounded us. They were at the tomb early this morning and did not find his body. They came back and reported that they had indeed seen a vision of angels who announced that he was alive. Okay, now wait a minute. Here we go. <laughs> they they knew this. They didn't miss this. Right. They didn't start on their little journey to Emmaus before this information came in. They're even still... And they're not running to Emmaus to evangelize and say, hey, guess what? He has risen. Mm-hmm. They were looking downcast. They were, yeah. you know, looking at their feet, scraping the path and going, oh, what, what? we were hoping you would redeem Israel. Oh, and the women went this morning and they said that he wasn't there and that he's alive. But uh, so what's the what? But but what? But, I know. They even said and the you, angels told them. But you don't believe them? I mean. <laughs> I know. Come on. Jesus is probably like, what is wrong with you people? But again, uh, in the very same breath that I say, you know had a v8 hit my head and go Mm -hmm. what's wrong with these people i know that this is very often me oh me too this is very often all of us Mm -hmm. when we just plain see god's action in our lives or in the world in in the wrong way and and don't get it don't see how god is is working in our lives so uh so okay the the women went this morning and uh they did not find his body they they announced that he was alive and then some of those with us went to the tomb and found the things just as the women had described, but him we did not see. And then they finished their little story, which you kind of you kind of want to. If I was Jesus, I'd ask the probing question. Okay, so at that point you said, "Hey, let's go back to Emmaus." I know. Why don't you <laughs> stick around and wait to see let's, if you could see maybe him? Maybe let's eventually? see what what's going to happen here. <laughs> so then, finally, Jesus can't hold his tongue anymore. I love when Jesus gets like this. Yeah. What does he say? He said, and he said to them, oh, how foolish you are. (laughs) How slow of heart to believe that all the prophets spoke. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? Then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted them to them what referred to him in all the scriptures. All right. So now he does. Now he does Bible study. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, And it would be great to hear because I've heard people and I've read commentaries and and you know, um, great theological treatises about the prophecies of the Old Testament. Wouldn't it be cool to hear Jesus do that? He's like, yes. hey guys, remember in Exodus when this happened? Remember when Isaiah said this? That's me. <laughs> that would be cool. So he, he goes through the whole Old Testament. And, you know, it's only seven miles, they told us. Yeah. I guess they were walking slow. I guess Because so. that would probably take a while. I know. Jesus is explaining the whole Bible unless, to you. Unless he's just going like verse by verse. He's like, Isaiah 51, duh, that was me. Isaiah 63, duh, you guys, that was me. <laughs> So, uh, but he's still he's still not saying that it's me. He's mm-hmm. explaining about the Messiah. So at this point, they're thinking this is some really hot shot scripture guy right. that maybe is convincing us that we should have hung around and waited to see if he was alive. Or wow, this is pretty cool. So he does this whole thing with the scripture. Now, for a moment, we have to kind of widen out and take the 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 sort of high view snapshot of this whole story mm-hmm. and liken it to what it is that we experience every time we go to mass. 
So we process in, we gather together, we open our prayer with Jesus. Jesus does listen to a little bit of our our lamenting at the beginning. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Oh, Mm -hmm. boy, here's what's going wrong. And then we dive into the scriptures. And the scriptures are explained to us. And later on, these two disciples say, when they realize it was Jesus, oh, our hearts were burning inside of us. And the word of God was coming alive as he explained that. So this is also, this story is also a metaphor for the mass as well right. as our, our Catholic lives and the importance of both pieces because many Christians would, would place a great importance on what we would call the word and lesser importance, at least in their, in their celebration and ritual on what we'd call the Eucharist part right. of the mass. So in here it's, it's clearly both of them are very important. So there he is, he's explaining everything that's going on and uh, Moses and the prophets and they approached the village to which they were going. He gave the impression he was going on farther. So anyway, guys, uh, I guess this is your stop, so see you later, maybe. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. And then they said to him, this this couple, Cleopas, an unnamed person, which mm-hmm. may be his wife, uh, so they urged him, stay with us, for it is nearly evening and the day is almost over. So obviously, whoever this is has made an impression on them. Right. They want to be in his company. And maybe they want to see if, if he's a kindred disciple that they just haven't met. Maybe the, he encountered Jesus uh, somewhere else mm-hmm. on his travels. And now they, now that Jesus is kind of uh, been uh, not only died, but is also on the outs with the whole religious society, maybe they want to find some kindred spirits. Why don't you stay with us? Yeah. You're, ma- you're making us feel good. We were kind of down in the dumps. Mm-hmm. All these stories you've told us from the scripture are picking us up again. So, hey, yeah. hey, come and stay with us. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them, and it happened that while he was with them at table, he, listen to these four parts now, this is definitely the Mass, Mm -hmm. he took the bread, said the blessing, broke it, and gave it to them. So we've talked about this before. We see this in when Paul is talking about what happened at the Last Supper. We see these same four actions at the feeding of the Mm 5,000. So it's taking the bread, so that's when the offertory comes up from the people, presents the bread to the priest, took the bread, said the blessing, that's the Eucharistic prayer, broke the bread, that's the fraction right, right at the Lamb of God, when we actually literally break it in half and then divide it among all the various bowls and whatnot, and then gave it to them and mm-hmm. gave communion. So those four, that is clearly right. for us a Eucharistic reference. Take, so, bless, so, break, and share, Exactly. Right? Mm-hmm. So they are having Mass yes. with Jesus on the day he was raised from the dead. Amazing. That's, oh yeah, that's kind of cool. That's incredible. <laughs> I'm jealous. Yeah, you're jealous. <laughs> Wish you were Cleopas's wife. I do. Christina and Cleopas. Yep. <laughs> so he did. he's doing mass. So took the bread, said the blessing, broke it, and gave it to them. With that, their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. But he vanished from their sight. Whoa. Imagine. <laughs> now, I talked a little bit about this when we play my homily later. This one part, the fact that he vanished from their sight, is a little bit that I brought in when I connected it to the first reading. Right. So we can maybe breeze over that for now. Mm-hmm. But uh, they recognized him in the breaking of the bread. Yeah. And that it is certainly, I mean, you talk very often on this show about how powerful it is for you to spend time in front of the Blessed Sacrament in Absolutely. adoration. And how Jesus is present everywhere. Mm-hmm. And and I talked about that earlier in the week in terms of recognizing us. Mm-hmm. In fact, my homily yesterday, how we recognize Jesus and how Mother Teresa recognized his face, right. even in the poorest of the poor in the gutter, and how it's hard for us sometimes to recognize him. So certainly he's everywhere, but... Mm-hmm. To recognize him in the breaking of the bread, even from the very beginning here in Luke's gospel, 
that was a unique presence, a unique recognizing. Right. That part was important. It didn't say that when he's explaining all the scriptures and how he didn't probably didn't use the first person pronoun. This is talking about me, you guys. But he's talking about the Messiah mm-hmm. all on that seven mile walk to Emmaus. The scripture doesn't say that that's what made him recognize him. Right. It was after all that. And then they sit down around the table. And they celebrate Mass, and that's what enabled them to recognize him as Jesus. This is a super-duper Catholic passage. I love it. That's why I love this gospel so much, is because it's just a testament for me that the Eucharist is so important. The fact that they recognize Jesus in the Eucharist, they recognize him as the bread of life. It's incredible. Mm -hmm. So it really, to me, just like really solidifies that we we have Jesus every day in the mass and adoration and just being in the presence of the blessed sacrament is extremely powerful. If they could recognize him in the Eucharist in this gospel, then that says everything. Jesus is the Eucharist. So after he vanishes from their sight, we're in Luke chapter 24, towards the end, verse 35. Um, After he vanishes from their sight, they said to each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he spoke to us on the way and opened the scriptures to us? Just as a quick aside, the way, this whole journey, whether we're going the wrong direction towards Jerusalem or not, and again, Luke's gospel has nine chapters of Jesus on the way, and it uses that same phrase, Jesus on the way to Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. They happen to be on the way away. But that became the metaphor in the early church for Christianity. In fact, they were referred to as the way before the name Christian was even used. It wasn't used in, in Jerusalem. It wasn't until oh. the church had spread to Antioch, which is in modern-day Greece slash Syria, probably still in Greece. Um, but that's when the term Christians, in fact, when it was first used, it was used as as a pejorative, like oh. a mocking nickname. Oh, okay. you Christ people. It's almost mm-hmm. like saying you mm-hmm. believers of whoever. You you know, today it might be, oh, you Osteenites, you know, semi right. kind of mocking by name using the person's name. But for a while, it, in fact, when we see Paul persecuting in the Acts of the Apostles, they say Paul persecuted followers of the way. Mm. That's initially what okay. they were called. So, so that that's included in this as well in this uh, in this gospel, the Road to Emmaus story that we heard today at Mass. We're not our hearts burning with us while he spoke to us on the way and opened the scriptures to us. So they set out at once and returned to Jerusalem. All right, so this is already wow. this is the end of the day. Mm-hmm. They just did a seven mile walk. They sat down for dinner essentially, mm-hmm. had Mass instead, <laughs> recognized Jesus, and then like let's go. Yep. So they pick up and go right there and head back to Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. And it says that when they got back, they found together the 11. So they found the the, the inner circle, the right. apostles, mm-hmm. sort of the, the head of all the believers. They found the 11 and those with them who were saying, the Lord has truly been raised and has appeared to Simon. So while all this was happening, Jesus did, did another little resurrection appearance. Ooh, a little bilocation apparently. <laughs> He's everywhere. Because by the time Cleopas and whoever, the two that were on their way to Emmaus, by the time they had heard the story. Mm-hmm. It was still empty tomb and nobody had seen him. By the time they make the trip back, you know, now it's like, whatever, two o'clock in the morning or something. Right. By the time they make the trip back, the 11 say, he really is raised. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, we know. We just, <laughs> had, mass. We just, we just had mass with him. Duh. So the, <laughs> then the two, these same two disciples that were on the road to Emmaus, had mass with Jesus and then came back to Jerusalem, the two recounted what had taken place on the way. Again, there's that key phrase again. Mm-hmm. What had taken place on the way and how he was made known to them in the breaking of the bread. And Luke underscores this, that that is, 
again, even using the slightly different turn of phrase, that, that's not just like they couldn't see who he was and then their eyes were open. He was made known to them. Mm-hmm. So that, that kicker line there really is what we believe as Catholics, that Jesus Absolutely. is made known to us all the more when we come to Mass, when we gather yes. around the table of the Lord, when we hear those scriptures broken open and explained, and when we receive the broken bread that is Jesus, mm-hmm. he is made known to us all the more. Absolutely. It reiterates my faith in the Mass, but also I think it's so beautiful that they took this whole day's journey, they had this powerful encounter with Christ, and it was enough to immediately turn them back around. And I think that that's true for all of us. Once we have an encounter, a true encounter with Christ, it's enough to immediately turn our lives around. And so I think that this is so beautiful, and it's so rich, but it's so relatable for all of us. Well, and uh, based on my clock here, it took me 20 minutes, so I'm glad I didn't do that as the homily today. Yeah, you'd have, you'd have been there for a while. Everyone would have uh, people, gone way past their lunch people break. People are like tapping the watch. Got to get back to the office. 